time for the Liz Calloway Show. You asked for it, and we got it. Now, 6 to 10 weekday mornings. Always local. Always live. Always right. Here's Liz and Nick on Talk 94.5. All righty. It's 907 on the Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers on this Monday morning, July 25th. You have imaging forthcoming, but for now you get your walk-up song. That's right. It is Justice Served with Jimmy Richardson, 15th Circuit Solicitor. Do you like that song for Walk Up? I love it. I love it. But Nick just said something about imaging, and yeah. I have no idea of what that means. <laughs> That's like when the big voice guy, he'll say, no, Jimmy Richardson. You know, and then I Justice put all the, Served. Yeah, and I'll put all the sound effects in it and get it all put together. And then it's going it, to sound you'll, hot, you'll sound, Yeah, you'll sound so, amazing. You'll sound I like- should have. I, I, I did. I heard on the way in you were talking about the same thing with PCRX. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Because so, we have these new segments. So I send out for the voice work because we want a different voice than mine and hers. And you know what, you know. Jimmy, you and I came up with this segment because there is so much information that people don't know and they wonder about, like what the 15th Circuit Solicitor is. First of all, it's an elected position um, and you cover Ori and Georgetown County. And uh, there's a lot going on in the court system, and there's a lot to be um, that people should know. In fact, there's a couple of major cases, drug cases, murder cases, armed robberies. Um, and, and there's a lot of the process that you want people to know about. So tell us, what are you going to teach us about today? So um, even when I was growing up, even when I got into law school, one of the things that you um, – we had the Crystal Faye Todd murder, and we still mm-hmm. talk about it today um, – just the world that we live in today, it, it things happen so fast that, um, you know, you hear about it one minute maybe when someone's arrested. But by the time it gets to court, um, it, we've moved on to something else. But, you know, during the break, you and I were talking, 10 years really means 10 years, 12 years. These are some harsh sentences going down. And um, death, uh, when someone is murdered— um, that is forever, mm-hmm. and that leaves behind moms and aunts. And you know, um, every year at Thanksgiving, they have to go over. Yeah. Well, where is Ricky? Or where you know, mm-hmm. parents. Um, that's you know, forever. Like you said, yeah, spouses and children. I mean, we just saw this case down in Georgetown. Ronnie Todd was arrested for double murder um, of this uh, couple. And I think his name was Ashley Alston. Is I, I can't remember um, the the gentleman's first name or or her name, but um, they were murdered and they leave behind collectively five children, like you said. And the one thing I remember is that so many people were posting after this that you know this guy had a track record and and I know I know you can't comment on a pending case, but what kind of um, policy changes or things that we can do as a society to make sure people like this that are showing all these red flags, you know, actually go to jail and and suffer the consequences for all the stuff they're doing, like a preamble to the the big one. You know, they're leading up to violence and, and murder. Well, um, that was John Ashley Altman um, and Emily Elizabeth. Richatelli. Richatelli. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So uh, both victims, um, the the accused is Ronnie Todd, and um, 
and obviously he did have a lot of stuff, most of the stuff on there, and this is the tough part. Uh, we, uh, as prosecutors, uh, come in on the tail end. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very hard to to get out in front of it, even uh, for the police. Um, but he had a bunch of stuff. It it's uh, it appears that he had a, a real bad um, drinking problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the stuff, uh, the legislature would not let you put him in jail for uh, a bunch of time. Now, but um, you would think collectively, when someone has a track record like this and it's escalating, and they obviously have a drinking problem. Yeah, um, you, you're trying to you're trying to get that person help if if he wants help, um, but um, it it does add up, and judges uh, take that into consideration at sentencing, but. Like DUIs, um, it goes up from 30 days maximum for first offense. It will get up to, you know, a year unless somebody is um, hurt during the process. Mm -hmm. And then it's 25 years. Mm -hmm. So we do have to work within the structures of the law. um, But you can you can clearly see someone trending in in this direction. And this appears to have aspects of a domestic situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad to report that uh, we're not where we need to be on domestic cases, but we're certainly trending in a better direction. Because of policy change. Because of policy. And that was mm-hmm. Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley did a great job when she was governor. She got a prosecutor in every office um, across the state. Oh, that's good. Um, yep. She uh, got the legislature to move uh, the minimum penalty up to 90 days instead of 30 days for that first offense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that doesn't sound like a, a big deal, but at least in 90 days, it gives the victim some time to get their stuff together and get moved out. Mm-hmm. In 30 days, you, you really don't even have that right. time. Um, the person's out uh, in no time flat. And I think what we've done uh, well in our area and is that we um, have a prosecutor out there at the jail um, as soon as a person is arrested to ask the judge or or to represent the citizens of the state with regard to bond. And Mm -hmm. that may be more important um, than anything that happens later. We keep hearing about these bond issues around the country. What is our situation here? We um, we have a prosecutor in each office that goes out there and represents the victims of, of cases at, at the bond hearing. And we've been getting some really we've we've really educated and helped um, with our magistrates. Um, I think we've made more success there, which is 90 percent of the bonds than we have in circuit court. Uh, but but we go out there and argue all of those and those judges are only looking at danger to the community and flight risk. And, um, you know, if it's a first-time offender, um, almost all of those guys are going to get a real low bond or um, maybe even a personal recognizance bond, um, even if we argue against that. But just what you were talking about, we will go in and tell the judge not only all of the convictions, But we'll tell the judge, this guy's got a track record, and some of these aren't convictions, but every week he's getting arrested. Um, And that way we 
we can sometimes keep people in even if the underlying offense is not um, extremely high. Um, but you can see people trending in a really bad direction. Can I ask you a question? I, I just, I don't know if you can answer this, but I always wonder if people like you are taking in consideration when there's someone like that in front of them that you can see what's happening. And I know you call it like they're being real active right now and they're just like getting arrested all the time. Do you take account the rest of us? Oh, that are God, out there yeah. driving around and living our life and going to the ATM. And, you know, um, because that's really what I wonder. I, I feel like, you know, in these other cases that we hear in the, these other areas that that they're they are like in, living in a bubble, like nothing's, that, you know, that this person, uh, you know, is is just oh, it was just this incident. When you know there's a track record on this person. Are you thinking of the rest of us, the society? Every time. I mean, here's the thing. Um, we were talking about it uh, before we got off of the air, but um, I'm here to represent the entire state. And, you know, I've got to be truthful and I represent the defendant. Mm -hmm. You know, I represent everybody. Um, so um, there's a there's people in jail now for threats against me, mm -hmm. you know. So um, I, I do understand and uh, I really do think each and every time about what does this mean to everyone else? You know, um, right. it, it, it's important to me. I live here. I've always lived here. Um, I think that there are some, some things that are going on now. Um, and quite honestly, um, it infuriates me that every time people run to what are the police doing and, and, um, mm -hmm. and you know, I might be a little bit of a homer um, at times for the police, but I understand um, on, in their defense those are the same. The police are the same numbers they were in the 90s. Um, our population for our area in Horry County was 144,000 in 1990. It's about 360,000 wow. now. We're growing at a rate of 18% every year. But the police year. force hasn't. No, no, it hasn't. And we still patrol it like it's a, a sleepy beach town. And everybody gets mad at the police. Um, the truth is, is... Our population has more than doubled. It's almost tripled. Mm. And um, they, in addition to the rapid growth, the fastest growing area in the entire nation, more than Grand Rapids, more than Denver, more than mm -hmm. Sacramento and every other, there's thousands of cities and we're growing faster than any of those. In addition to that, something that Sacramento and Scottsdale don't have to worry about is 20 million uh, visitors a year. Mm hmm uh, this is in addition to the, uh, and I don't think we're managing the growth well at all. And what you what you have at the end of that is something along the lines of what's happening in Denver and in Portland and in every place that's seen rapid growth because we get hung up in the money mm -hmm. that's coming in. And I'm not saying we shouldn't grow, but you would uh, think that the more tax base, the bigger the tax base, we should have the money per person to to hire enough co cops per capita that we need. Uh, and the tax base is, you know, that is important. It really is important. I think the biggest thing, and I don't know because I don't want to be on city council or county mm -hmm. council or, right. or at the state house, but somebody at that level needs to understand that we're growing really quickly. And we really need to 
if this is valuable land and there's no beachfront land in Collington County, Mm -hmm. there's no beachfront land in Sumter, if that is our drawing point, then we need to understand the value of the land that we've got and we need to recruit certain new people here. Mm -hmm. And that shouldn't be just the worst of the worst uh, that's coming in slinging dope or bringing all of the bad stuff with them. Mm-hmm. Other places have figured it out. That crowd in Florida, they they said, hey, we'd like to be a retirement place. Now, everybody's welcome, but we're really focusing on you know, retirement. Um, put a little thought into this growth instead of just anybody with $45 in their pocket, come on over. Because mm-hmm. that guy with $45 is bringing about $10,000 worth of problems, mm-hmm. you know. Interesting. So, um, the, the, but the police, um, while we've done all of this stuff, we've shut down uh, Bull Street, Department of Mental Health. And I ain't going uh, th- these are all real complex issues. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody wants to go into a padded room and, and look at, you know, what's happening uh, in Columbia. But you also don't want it on Main Street in Loris, mm-hmm. or you don't want that, on you know, in, in downtown Myrtle Beach. Right. Um, there's got to be a there's better way of doing for that. that. Yeah, for everybody. And rapid growth is, mm-hmm. is a tough thing. Yeah. But um, we do, we like for, for Ronnie Todd, even if he hadn't um, done anything, uh, what they focus on is how bad is this crime? How bad is it um, to uh, that he's going to do it again? And how about him leaving? Mm. That's the only thing that the magistrate's looking We're at. We're speaking with 15th Circuit Solicitor Jimmy Richardson, successful in prosecuting and what's coming down the pike. We'll be back in a moment with Justice Serve. We get this question a lot, and Liz and I have often wondered as well. At the mall, there are signs, except for one store for some reason, that says basically you cannot bring a weapon on site. So this person wants to know, is the mall now responsible for your safety? In other words, somebody comes in, a crazed gunman, and starts taking pot shots, much like what happened at that mall in Indiana. If you have your weapon, you can put an end to that threat, but the mall has now decided you can't have a weapon. So what goes on in that way? What happens if legally? you get caught with a... Well, yeah, what happens if you get caught if you do bring it as in? A, as, a, as a licensed concealed carry. Right. Or, is the, and again, on the other side of it, is the mall responsible for your safety? The mall is uh, responsible for your safety. They don't want to be, and they're going to put um, all kinds of signs out there that say they're not. But uh, obviously, if... Someone gets shot, the first person getting sued is the mall. Um, Now, I'll tell you why they do it. Um, And this is a hard, uh, again, I don't don't know where you you come with this, but I would feel great with Nick or Liz or Jimmy or anybody else, a concealed weapons person, walking around uh, protecting me with a gun. We say the same thing, ditto. Yeah. Now, what happens is bad guys carry it, um, and you don't want a mall to be at a spot where they go. What generally happens is not this mass terrorist shooting, but what happens is two people that are beefing over something really, really stupid. A fight breaks out. One of them goes to a gun, and a little girl gets shot across uh, Mm -hmm. the mall. And uh, that's what they're trying to protect against. But I can tell you um, what we all face every day is civil penalties and criminal penalties. And if, for your state, if someone shot uh, a mall intruder that was hurting other people, even though that person should not have had a a gun at the mall, uh, for the criminal part of it, I'm not... um, 
prosecuting a good Samaritan that has uh, just saved a whole mall full of people. Mm. Um, now, uh, that's the reason that the mall doesn't want just everybody because they can't say that. They can't say, look, we want good guys to carry guns, but we don't want bad guys. Well, they should have an armed guard then. Oh, yes. That's what I say. Yes. I, say, I don't mind you making it a soft target if you're like, I don't mind going into the court building mm-hmm. because you have magnetometers, you have armed officers, you know. But I mean, you go into the mall and nobody's armed. Exactly. Except the bad guy. And right. only, and the only ones that are following the rules are the rules yes, followers. Right. And then the you know the bad exactly. guys are walking around. And you'll see every time, okay, the Ronnie Todd thing, it looks to be domestic. But almost every murder that we have deals with um, one gangbanger shooting another one or mm-hmm. one drug seller shooting a, a drug user or one drug user I tell people all the time, if you are in Myrtle Beach and you're pushing your kid uh, to go get on the sky wheel, anything can happen anywhere. But that's about as safe as you can be. If you are dealing or dallying in the illicit sale of drugs, you are dealing with some of the worst people available. Mm -hmm. And they don't put a lot of thought into it. Um, And those are the people. That is all of our murders. Um, that is all of our shootings. It is, um, I hate to say it, but it's um, really tough to get a lot of sympathy for the victim. Um, in, or in even witnesses to come out. Oh, gosh, the, the witnesses. Now, here's the fix to that. Uh, and I've been beating this drum forever. It's, it's, we didn't get in it overnight, but here's the fix. All right, so first offense, unlawful carrying of a pistol. Mm-hmm. First offense, Right now, it's a year. Keep it at a year. Second offense, move it to five years. Third offense, move it to 15 or 20 years. Mm-hmm. So what we're able to do at that point is punish people that have been shooting into dwellings um, that nobody will come forward on, people that have attempted murder, nobody will come forward on. Are you saying right now it's every offense, even if it's compounding, is always one year? Always one year. Wow. Yeah. So that it, person could be doing a drive-by, could be shooting up a car with people in it, could be shooting at a, a, a retaliation at someone's you know, home. Yes. And, the, um, and, and they don't shoot anybody. They don't actually hit somebody, but they only get one year if they're caught. If you, if you charge them with the unlawful possession of a gun. Wow. So, but you could charge them with shooting into a dwelling, or you could shoot them with shooting. Car. But, but the other guy is not going to come forward. He is Mm-mm. not going to help you. Do you need a witness in those cases? You would not need a witness in just a gun enhancement case, and that's what I would wish for. Um, and that's what the feds do. Uh-huh. The feds say, "I don't, you know, I don't care if you want to claim self-defense, or I don't care if a, a witness or a victim comes forward." What I care about is that's the third time, Liz, that I've caught you with a gun, Mm -hmm. and it's been unlawful. You know, and that's why a lot of times you like to escalate some of these cases to the federal level. Yeah, I I send cases to the feds all the time. Um, Because of the stricter penalties. Yes, yeah. The state's got some strict ones, but gun penalties, our state is pretty light on gun penalties. Wow, too light. Yes, Wow. What happens, uh, real quick here on that, that mall thing, back to the mall thing, what happens if there's a sign posted at every entrance except for there's one, and everybody knows where that one is, and they always talk about it, and I'm here to tell you, they will bring their weapons in and go through that door. Um, you, 
another thing that the state has made it very hard to do is uh-huh. to is to you've got to prominently place those signs at every entrance. And if there is not an entrance, that might be the loophole that they would use to say there wasn't a sign at this entrance. This, this is where I came in. But okay. someone has to call and say, hey, there's a somebody in here that's concealing. You know what I mean? It, it would have to be something like that. I mean. Someone's got to call the police in order for that to get. What is the penalty? Let's say you're at CCU on campus and you've got your license and someone, I don't know, spots it, somehow figures it out that you got it. They call the police. The police come and they find out that you're carrying on campus where it clearly says you cannot carry on campus. One year. One year. One year. Even yeah. though you've done nothing with it. Uh, that, just well, carrying There's it. still restricted places like okay. um, on a school school ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Jimmy Richardson, if anybody has any questions, uh, the 15th Circuit Solicitor, are you accepting questions? Yeah, please. Um, send them in. We'll be here every other week, right? Yeah. Every other Monday. Yeah. I'd be glad to answer any okay. questions.